This episode contains content that some listeners may find disturbing. If you would rather not hear conversations about mental health and suicide, please feel free to skip this episode. If you or anyone you know is struggling with suicide, you can reach the toll-free 24-7 National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255 or chat online with staff from the Lifeline. If you're thinking about suicide, you deserve immediate help. Please call the Trevor Lifeline at 866-488-7386 or chat with the counselor online or text Trevor to 1202-304-1200. Hello and welcome to Asterism, our compact, easier to digest episodes. Uh, and if you seriously don't know who we are by now, how are you listening to this? Um, but I'm Quentin. I'm Mike. And this is our first ever Asterism which I feel like deserves some explanation. So for all of you grammar nerds out there who dis- who pay attention to like dead <laughs> dead grammar and or languages, you may know who this is. So I'm talking to maybe 0.1% of the population. Um, but essentially an asterism is a no one it's a form of punctuation that's no longer used. It's a group of three asterisks, those are the stars that are in a triangular pattern. And it indicates a footnote, informal text, um, swear words, but also it can like use to as like a way to divide chapters, stories, or verses. So it's like this is our like way we are dividing our larger, more long form long form episodes that you're used to. So the hour long ones. This is usually this is going to be a, a short hot take on a current event or just something we're kind of feeling. Whenever we feel we want a podcast, so, you know, like 20, 30 minutes, whatever. Something that, you know, you can just listen really quickly and decide for yourself what you think about our conversation. But that's what it is. And I just want to note just because that three asterisks in a line are called a dinkus. And I just think dinkus is the best word ever. I'm going to try to work that into a conversation one time. This is a serious podcast. Oh. Episode, at least. Okay, episode. Okay. All right, serious episode. You, this is can we? Yes, no, no, I'm right, kidding. Right. But no, this is now we can. Yeah, as as you heard previously, we have a f- disclaimer. I'm trying. I'm gonna curse. Fuck it. This is our podcast. We have a fucking disclaimer at the beginning of this. Like I would never in a million years thought I would have to say that. But oh, oh you're saying like Mike, behave. We're trying to be serious here. Is that what you're saying? I mean, we should be sensitive to the topic. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um, which brings us to the topic. Um, as you heard, we're going to be talking about mental health and suicide because those are both very poignant things, especially with you may have heard in the news today or this week about what things that are happening in Georgia Tech. So in this episode, we're going to talk about mental health, illness, suicide through the recent events that have transpired at Georgia Tech University um, since last weekend. So, uh, briefly, for those who are uninitiated with this subject, um, and I'm pulling this information from a couple of articles. This first one is from Vox. LGBTQ student activist Scout Schultz, who identified as non-binary and intersex and preferred they and them pronouns, was shot and killed by campus police Saturday night in what's being called suicide by cop. So it, it has been known and notated from his mother, from their mother that they had a history of mental illness and currently was going through a mental breakdown. 
School just started, I believe, a month ago. Um, so to this parent, to their parents, they did not see this coming whatsoever. But it kind of, kind of, again, sheds more light on this whole like state of affairs in the United States about ment- treatment of mentally ill people. And especially when it comes within the force of the police or any type of like law enforcement um, agency. Um, I actually found this really interesting statistic uh, from the Vox article where in 2015, a report by the Treatment Advocacy Center found that someone with an untreated mental illness is 16 times more likely to be killed by police than other civilians approached or stopped by law enforcement. Holy shit. According to a Washington Post one, uh, mental illness plays a role in at least one-fourth of fatal police shootings. That's just fucking insane. Yeah. I mean, it's... it's You have a group of people who don't know how to de-escalate a situation, right? Like, far and away. The police, you're yes, saying, right? Yeah. Um, far and away, don't know how to de-escalate a situation. And, you know, if you go further down into this article or you talk about some of the points of it, it's that cops don't have to like the legal framework they work under now is essentially that if they perceive a threat, they are justified to shoot somebody. Right. That is the, if they perceive, perceive, yeah, if they perceive a threat or if the, if a threat is going to be escaping them. Right. No, 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 no. Perceive is all they have to say. Right. Well, That's, there's in that article, there's two. Uh, legal standings of how they can actually use uh, deadly force. The first one is if there's any perceived threat on their lives or lives of innocence, or if they're someone is in their custody and is quote unquote about to escape or something, uh, they can also proceed to use legal force to prevent that person from uh, doing any more harm to uh, bystanders. Yeah. Okay. And so I'm reading that now. Um, so, <sighs> Everything is structured for them to not de-escalate a situation, and I'm not I'm not um, condoning what the cops did. I'm not saying I support it, but I'm just explaining that they are. We don't actually train them or hold them responsible for things in a manner that would be asking them to de-escalate. Because for them, if they escalate and they kill that person, as long as they can say I perceived a threat, they're clear. Right. There's no repercussions that can happen as far as legally, as far as getting yep. convicted or any other things. Right. And it's clear that even that standard. Right. Um, is tough to stand by sometimes where it's like Freddie Gray. Right. Or other ones where there clearly was abuse and there was no threat involved. And even then they don't get prosecuted. So, like, we can't even hold them to that standard of they perceived a threat that was reasonable. half the time. Well, let's let's even like here's like how. The chain of events have gone down. Again, this is still pretty fresh, so obviously new evidence and information is going to be rolling in. So this is pretty much what we can get from a little under a week worth of information is that Schultz was approaching officers with what they thought were what they thought was a knife in his hand, in their hand. It tur- I'm going to keep do- messing that up, so I do apologize to everybody that I'm going to keep fucking that up. Um it turned out that it was a pocket knife that was actually folded and not displayed a and b he they were also shouting towards the police to shoot him which does kind of lend towards the you know suicide by cop 
theory, which there's one thing that um, the attorney for the Schultz family mentioned that the mentally ill are looking for a way out when they're having a full breakdown. And there's no way you should be able to use a police officer to take your life when that person isn't threatened, end quote. So here's an interesting fact that I'm reading now as I'm just looking through it because, you know, you, you hadn't shown me the story before this this episode. Um, I know. I want to keep you in the dark. Uh, Schultz was the one who called the police. So, yeah, so, that's so a recent... they, they walked outside. They called the police about a knife-wielding maniac or knife-wielding... Um, what it was it says a, a here? white male with with a sh- with long blonde hair wearing a t-shirt and jeans who is uh intoxicated with a knife and may have a gun at his hip. So, I read all these articles. Yeah, yeah. So so Schultz called, right? They called the police and then they waited until the police got there on themselves. Right? Yeah. And the thing about that that's ridiculous is that she knew what would happen. Right. They, they, damn it. They knew what would happen. Right. They thought this through enough and there was enough of a, if you can predict a cop's action that clearly, if, if they can say in their head, I want to kill myself and I know I can do it by having a cop shoot me because if I act threatening in any way, right. That's a big problem. Right. A problem for the police. That the that the perception the world is in that general the, 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 the perception the well, fact that like it so reliably says that like if I stand out somewhere and I look threatening I'm gonna get shot by a cop, right? And I mean, unfortunately, like look at the state of affairs in the last two to three years. I just like it's 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 it is it is just become the American narrative now that. And it either could be just because it's being reported more, or the fact that it is it that it is more prevalent. Who who really knows? We're not here to really discuss that, but it is kind of like you said. It is the perception where it's that I have a good chance of getting shot by a cop as long as I perform X Y Z actions. It's like it's 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 so rote now, where it's like okay, it, even like you read in the article, it's that the one who shot was actually not didn't take the full certifications to de-escalate mentally unstable people. A. B. Georgia doesn't give cops, uh, at least either I'm not sure cops or campus police, they don't give any tasers or any, they have uh, pepper spray on them, I believe, but they are just issued, like, fucking guns, like, on the force. Yeah. The 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 officer who did shoot um, also has only been on the force for less than a year with no law enforcement's no prior law enforcement experience. The the attorney, the family's attorney, did point this out, and I'm also committing this because, like, I'm I'm one to be like, give people their due is that the other cops on scene were actually trying to de-escalate the situation. Uh, I kind of wanted to refuse to watch the video that's floating around on YouTube, which again, watch that on your at your own risk. Uh, it is it is pretty disturbing and jarring. Um, you can actually hear two officers trying to speak with them to find out what's going on. Why are you here? You know, do you want to talk? And then out of nowhere, they're down. So it's like, I'm, I, I do want to give props to the cops who were actually trying to do their job. 
Yeah, it says here, uh, main officer was doing a phenomenal job handling the situation, retreating, trying to de-escalate and put the barrier between him and himself and Schultz. And the other officer appeared to be officers appear to be providing appropriate backup. But one of the officers behaved inappropriately by firing on Schultz when there was no immediate danger to any other of the other officers. Right. So. Yeah, it's just that's. But it's it's like and again, this isn't this isn't a, a, a discussion about, you know, police force and brutality, because it's like that obviously is a discussion that can be had there and that we can totally have for a different time. But. It's more for me the fact that dealing with mental health issues myself and also being with people who who are dealing with mental health issues, it's that it's, 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 it's almost because of things where it's like if you haven't dealt with it yourself, you don't see it. You know, it, it, it's almost like one of those things where it's if you don't be, like it's almost like the gay thing. If you don't believe people are gay, you never see a gay person. You know, it's like they don't exist. Yeah. If you don't think mental, if you've never interacted with someone that has mental illness, illness, or even confronted yourself, if you may possibly have a mental illness of some sort and degree, it, it could very easily that someone can be biased at being like, this person is in full control of their body and actions and are trying to do harm to me. Whereas I've been in personal situations where it's like, they are not in their right state of mind. And I know this. And, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it is all, it's a case of unfortunate circumstances as it all is, but it's like, you just constantly, the whole mental health thing is just, just, just gets fucking dismissed and brushed aside. Well, or it gets blamed, right? I mean, the other half of this is that there's going to be, you know, there's going to be an endless barrage of people saying, well, you know, the person was provoking the cop, the person wanted to die and, 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 and trying to say that. It's, you know, trying to blame the victim, right? It's always about blaming the victim. And it's always about pushing, you know, which one do you see as, like, which one do you see as immovable, right? In terms of, like, should the cop always hold up everything in the, in the law and should always be ready to defend himself? And is that, like, fixed? Or do you see the person having the right to life and sort of the right to exist and the cop should be flexible on it, right? Like, there's these two forces that always come out and you always see this it's it's somewhere in between but it's always like the cops shouldn't have shot him shot them right they were clearly not mm -hmm. in a good state of mind and they clearly needed help and at that very moment they weren't getting it right they maybe they couldn't right maybe there's no way you could have you know maybe they just came from a therapist session so maybe it was they got all the help they needed and it just wasn't whatever it was right they it's just it it, it wasn't enough and that's it always comes to you know the systems failed but it's like there's multiple systems that are in yeah in place to try and prevent these things and in the the one theme in all the articles that i've read so far is that most of these are preventable and of course the right training and everything like it again i, Every, I totally understand it like you know a cop's job is completely different and what i'm trying to say i've, I've not been on the front line in, in anything obviously but it's like i understand where training is one, but it's like it, your training is also not this isn't, you know, Iraq and Fallujah where we need to, we're dehumanizing people. It's like, these are people who, again, like if you don't, if you don't think about how you also need to protect this person as well, then you're not doing your job. Yeah. No, it's, I, I always come back to the fact that we give cops special privileges to take away our rights, right? To arrest people 
to kill people. We give cops special privileges to enforce the laws and they should be held to a higher standard because of that, right? We're giving them extra privileges and extra things to do to enforce the laws and to protect us. And we're saying, you know what? We will set aside a lot of these different things to, to let cops do what they need to do in certain situations. And I don't think it's unreasonable to say that you have a higher standard and a higher bar that you have to hold yourself to for making these decisions, right? Mm-hmm. And I just, No, I agree. And I just... Yeah, it's sad, and 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 I just I I could rant, but I, I it's but no, that's that's that that I I, that's a I I agree. That's a good way of us moving on from the whole cop subject and kind of yeah. let's start focusing more upon you know like mental health, you know, outreach research on not really research, but like under like why this kind I guess why this struck a chord with me, and I guess we're gonna move into like our personal personal anecdotes is that. I have been in a situation myself that is very similar to what occurred. Obviously, I didn't have a gun on me. I, if if we're gonna position everyone, it's like I was the police officer, and the the person I'm mentioning was Schultz, and they, or he, make it easier now. He, the person I'm mentioning, did have a plethora of mental health issues that I was also very aware of, and experience an episode with him you know prior to this incident which i felt like was like the highest bit of like it escalated to this point and that i didn't think it was going to get to that point so i mean i I feel like i'm relatively fierce about anything it's like i generally don't think anyone's gonna hurt me i don't know i I don't know where this like feeling of invincibility comes from but i just generally feel like if you would have done it if you were, you would have done it already. You wouldn't be talking to me. There wouldn't be a conversation to be had. So it's like, I generally feel like if I can at least converse with somebody who's in this like broken down state of mind, you know, someone's able to get through to them. And that's what kind of happened to me is that he had a mental breakdown. I was not with him at the time. And all I was told, a friend told me, he was like, there's some guy walking around the street with a knife. Like, from like a like a from like a, a knife block in your kitchen a the she, giant eight inch chef knife i immediately knew i immediately knew who it was um just because just like you, you kind of have a feeling like things are going out the day you're just like they aren't the you know people aren't really acting themselves or you're you just have a general sense that things aren't really like okay and this was like probably like two o'clock in the morning i'm just like what the actual fuck's going on because i'm i'm off doing something i want to do um, and I lit, this is when I was living in my frat house at the time and his apartment was directly behind where I was. So I can literally just like hop a fence and get over there. And I call him and immediately and his texts are one word responses and very like dark, very, you know, brooding, you know, one word things of like, he just pretty much was like, you know, just like die, dead, death, like kill me you know stuff like that i'm just like what the actual fuck is going on and i ended up finding him in the middle of the fucking street with a knife a giant fucking knife and i'm like at that and and it's like and this is i'm not lying this is 100 truth is that it's a split decision it's a split decision moment where it's like i easily could have called the cops on him and been like let's you know let's let someone else deal with it 
or I, or let me, who was really close to them, I was dating at the time, I was like, or I could try and deal with it myself and see how far I can get before calling the authorities. I don't advise this for anyone. Do not try that. If you are like, don't, don't take my advice. Cause I'm just stupid fucking kid back in college. But I, I just felt that I was able to break through just because like I was the only person he had. So he's, we're, we're standing in the street. He has this knife. I'm just literally just telling him, go to your apartment. Just go, go back inside not even asking him to give me the knife because I don't know what he's going to do if I get close to him. So I tell him, go back inside, you know, put the knife down. Or if you want to just walk it with you all the way back, take it with you all the way back. I'll just walk right behind you. I just don't, I just don't want you to get any, any serious trouble because I know you are not 100% being who you are right now. This is, this is not you. This is not how you deal with your emotions, you know, so we uh, eventually we get back and it's it's not any better inside his apartment. But long story short, I, I finally end up de-escalating the situation without having to call the police and obviously me not getting seriously injured by any way or him getting seriously injured in any way. But it's it's just like seeing like it's seeing what happened in Georgia at Georgia Tech is not like rare it's like this is this is a thing that happens for seriously disturbed people sometimes who just are struggling with demons and don't know really how to deal with them and have had and are equipped uh with the right resources to deal with them so it it just it was it was a hard thing to for me to like see that and think wow this, this is like carbon copy of something that i've literally have gone through firsthand and seeing that was the outcome made me think, like, what if that could have happened? Yeah. I mean, um, I've been lucky enough at the moment to not have to deal with that on a, externally on, with someone else. Um, but I've definitely been in moments where... I've spent way too many nights where I am wake up the next morning and I'm like, man, I was not of the right mind. Right. Uh, where I clearly remember my emotions being the best of me. And I clearly remember myself being just completely on the darkest side of things and thinking like, Jesus Christ, like, you know, I'm both thankful about the fact that I'm not there at that moment. And also, you know, very aware of the fact that, like, the irrationality that can come from, like, depression, from, you know, anxiety, ADHD, that it's just, you know, I just really hope that the people who were there to protect me, right, and I, I, I go back to the cops thing, because to me, that's the bigger thing, right, people with mental illness, people with these problems, they have these problems, you can't, this is this is a, a persistent behavior they can exhibit, right? And you can't hold them responsible in certain instances. Other instances, absolutely, it's a legal conversation after their day. But I I just want to believe that the first responders, the protectors, know how to protect me, right? And and I, this just I don't I don't believe that, and uh, you know. It's just sad. Yeah. No, I agree. That's 
you know, that like speaks to another thing. It's like, I'm, I was glad that I was a, like kind of his support to be able to be able to like bring him out of that where it's like a lot of people may not have that. No, no. A lot of people might have that. And it takes a lot of empathy and compassion. It takes a lot of, you know, it takes a close relationship sometimes to sort of deal with that and sort of deescalate things. And, you know, it's, it's hard, right? Even with that close relationship, I'm sure it was tough, but it's like being on the other end of it. I understand. I can understand. Absolutely. is 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 tough is, is, is not easy. Right. But, uh, yeah, you just gotta, man, it sucks. It does. That's all I got. It's rough. And then, it's like I I know we also deal with our own mental health mental health issues that we can deal with ourselves, but I feel like that is probably a discussion for um that is, another time. That is a discussion for our next episode, actually. So yeah, actually, yeah. Um, so this is kind of a primer to a mental mental health episode we'll be releasing right after this, um, just to kind of you know set expectations and kind of you know this is a good way to kind of bring it you know to the masses with something that has that can probably affect you that you know you probably know somebody who does deal with these things or comes to you and say that that you know they're depressed and they just want to have a conversation it's like you may not know just literally being there and just having time to just listen to them can literally change their world and yours so, well, that was depressing. Yeah. It was. It was. But it was real. But, I mean, it's life. It's life. So. We're okay? We're okay. You're okay? I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. We're okay. We hope you listeners are okay if you stuck around with us for this episode, um, which is probably not our usual fare because we're not serious people, but we felt this was kind of a important topic to kind of bring up and illuminate and shed some light on so until next okay. time until next time this was an asterism i'm quentin i'm mike we'll catch you guys later